Welcome to Building an Empire State of Mind with your hosts, Carly Grunman and Jennifer Champion. Carly and Jennifer are on a mission to help a million people achieve financial freedom through real estate. Are you looking to get your first deal or your next deal in real estate? Make sure to check out www.buildinganempire.io and join us in our five-part free video series. This training will lay out all the groundwork that you need to get started in real estate today and make money while you learn. On today's episode, Jennifer and Carly chat with Rosie Noel. They dive into the Clifton strengths and how you can take the assessment, find out your strengths, and lean into those to improve both your personal life as well as your professional life. Okay, so everyone meet Rosie Noel, an accomplished coach and talent development professional with a diverse background. With certifications from the International Coaching Federation and Gallup Clifton Strength, she embodies a profound dedication to helping individuals, teams, and organizations flourish. After completing her studies in mathematics education, Rosie pursued career opportunities that called on her financial acumen and analytical skills through healthcare underwriting and actuarial consulting. After entering the consulting space, she transitioned into managing the overall health and welfare strategies for employer groups. Serving as a trusted advisor to her clients, she brought innovation and experience to help solve their business needs. Throughout this journey, she reignited the same passion for helping individuals reach their full potential that she pursued in her studies. This led her to enter the coaching and talent management space, where she currently serves as the vice president of talent development at a large corporation. She is dedicated to cultivating excellence and driving transformation within her organization. Her experience as a certified coach allows her to guide and empower her clients and colleagues which includes leveraging the Clifton Strengths framework to unlock their unique talents and put them into action. As a people-focused leader devoted to cultivating talent and maximizing potential, Rosie continues to make a lasting impact on individuals, teams, leaders, and organizations. Her commitment to fostering growth and harnessing strengths has positioned her as a distinguished coach and as a highly regarded expert in talent development. It's always fun listening about yourself when somebody talks about you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I would say fun's one word I would use to describe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Welcome. We're so excited to have you here. Thank, thank you. you for coming. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's nice to see both of your faces again. I didn't see them so long ago. So I I'm know. Going to see you again. <laughs> so we we met for the listeners. We met Rosie Jennifer and I went to Vina Jetty's multi-fi conference. What is it? Conference mentorship. It was so amazing. We've we did our last episode was our big takeaways from it, and we talked about you, Rosie, even before we knew that you were going to be on there. And my one of my favorite things was um, Rosie opened it up for us. Uh, she was the first speaker. And she absolutely killed it. I think you set the tone for the entire, the whole weekend was great, but you were just such a perfect thing to start with. Mm -hmm. um, and so tell us or tell the viewers, cause we know, tell us all about you. And um, so Rosie talked about the Clifton Strengths assessment. 
Can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about what it is? Um, I think you're probably better at explaining it than I am. You're the perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yes, I am. I'm a certified coach and certified specifically in Clifton Strengths. Um, and so Clifton Strengths is an assessment that's rooted in positive psychology. So it kind of flips traditional development on its head. Normally we say, what are all the things I'm bad at and how do I get better at them, right? Um, and Clifton Strength says, let's identify the things that you're good at so that you can invest time, energy, resources into strengthening those things. And it's, it's not a cop-out to say that you don't have to figure out what to do about the things that you're bad at. But it's clearly identifying what are those things so that you can manage and create strategies for the things you don't do well, but truly invest in the things that you want to be great at. Because ultimately, you know, time and energy is a limited resource. And so if you're spending it on the things you're not very good at, it's going to be less engaging. It's going to suck your energy. And you're going to have a lot harder of a time really achieving excellence if you're always trying to go from bad to okay. So we want it with Clifton Strings, it helps you go from good to great. And and what, oh, go ahead, Jen. Oh, I was just going to say that was the first time that I had ever heard that. Like I remember in school, you always like practice your weaknesses and you don't really like lean into your strengths. And then through the assessment, I found out that I lead with orange and competition is like my number one. And I had always viewed that as, a, a like negative component. And until you spoke, I was like, oh, there's so many tangible things on a daily basis that I can do to lean into that strength and like push things forward and it not have to be coming from a negative standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's even some of the language Gallup uses. Gallup is the one that created the Clifton Strengths Assessment. Um, they'll say unlock your potential. And it's true. It does unlock things that you just didn't see before about yourself. And, um, and we could talk more about like weaknesses if that's helpful at some point, but, um, but at least, you know, that the general premise. Yeah. And what was really interesting too, is, um, is how it, it's so crazy because the way you take it, it takes, it you take like these questions and you rank yourself and they're quick. And, um, I was like, mm, we'll see, you know, like Gallup had the, like the Gallup name behind it. So I like had some credibility, but it was amazing how quick it, it nailed my personality. And, and then we, you start looking at everyone else's, you went up and you did paces up on the stage and you're like, that is, it nails everyone every single time. So it's so interesting to see how precise it is and, um, and how you can use it to, for your advantage. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it's it's pretty quick, right? It's a 20 minute assessment that you take. And yeah, it for for those that aren't familiar, it gives you kind of two words or concepts and you have to choose on a spectrum, which one you gravitate toward more. So yes, you can choose in the middle, um, but really like you're trying to choose within that spectrum, which thing you identify with more. Um, and then that not only helps to identify the the things that they define as talents. It also identifies some more about like your thought patterns and things that you gravitate toward because after you take that assessment and they purposely, I think only give you 20 seconds to answer each question because they don't want you to overthink it. And I always have people who come back to me and say like, 
oh, I missed a question or, oh gosh, I wish I could have gone back and re-answered it, right? And they do that on purpose. Almost everybody misses a question or two. That's pretty normal. Um, and, um, but part of like what they're assessing is not only the things that you gravitate toward, but your intensity toward them, because the way that ultimately the assessment is trying to define, identify your talents. And I think when we think of the term talent, we think of like sports and music, right? Or creative talents in the arts or sports. I don't, I don't know that's not an art, but you know what I mean? Um, And Gallup identifies talents as naturally recurring patterns of behavior, thought, and feeling. And so that's ultimately what the test is trying to see is like, what are some of the thoughts that you naturally have? What are some of the behaviors you naturally um, exude? And so that's what it's trying to assess. And that's why it tends to be pretty accurate because it's not necessarily, what do I think about myself? It's like, what do I gravitate toward? What do I identify with? And um, so through that, it identifies your talents. And then it also identifies which, um, like more about like your thinking style or your approach. So that's when we've talked about the domains. If you're answering all of the questions that are focused on getting things done with the most intensity on that scale, then it's going to say you lead with themes that are focused on getting things done, like executing. If you answer questions, competitive related questions or very like outgoing or influential questions, they're going to say you lead with that domain. So it assesses several different things, um, which is pretty cool too. That is really cool. That probably makes sense. I'm a green, which is critical thinking. And I know you are too, Rosie, right? I wonder if it's like, I, I struggled with so many of like missing questions and overthinking and they're like, she's definitely <laughs> green for sure. Yes. So. Yes. I, do, I definitely think that that's part of it. Yeah. Or like people that either show like high, high green strategic thinking, or even like high deliberative as an executing theme, but like constantly like the, those people with high deliberative of any other theme usually are the ones that come back to me and say, they think they need to retake it because for, for, for whatever reason, I don't think I did it right. That's usually the people <laughs> that come back to me. <laughs> a and lot I of people did, do. Yes. As an orange, I didn't miss a question and got them all finished. Well, that makes perfect sense. And of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So like in terms of your career and Clifton Strength, was it something that was introduced to you and then you started like incorporating it into your coaching career? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, So yes, I have been in a corporate environment essentially my entire career. Um, and so I have been doing talent development, talent management for, for quite a few years now and became a certified coach kind of through that process. So several years ago, then my organization um, started partnering with Gallup to roll out Clifton Strengths globally for us. And so um, so I was introduced to it because it was brought into our organization And then I rolled it out within my region. And so through that process, I was introduced to the concept and then I got my certification and then I worked on a strategy to introduce it to the region that I work in. I'm I'm from Chicago, so I work in the Midwest region. Um, And so it's pretty, so I got certified because it was introduced me um, from a corporate perspective. Um, and then through that rollout, like I've led workshops, I do a lot of one-on-one coaching, team coaching, group coaching. Um, it's very different rolling it out organizationally. Like it's a, it's a beast, right. To roll it out at an organizational level. It's a huge cultural shift. 
Um, and then it's kind of cool because I've gotten to introduce it into different portions of the entrepreneurial space. So they're both, they're, they're obviously similar in some ways, like one-on-one -on -one coaching is one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, but it's definitely different when there's that cultural piece that I also got to experience within organizations of like introducing the language, people put it in their email signatures, right? So, um, so I've kind of got to, to test the waters in a lot of different ways, but ultimately my introduction was by it being introduced to my organization at a global level. That's amazing. When, when you're doing coaching, like, what does that look like? So you're like, we're all, we all read it. And there's like 12 pages that come out. And it's like, this is the color you are. And these are the top 10. Like, um, what is, what are, what does it look like when you're doing coaching and like, how does it help people, um, in their jobs and their lives? Like all of that stuff. Like, how is it, yeah. has it helped people? Yeah. So what's interesting, I feel like almost, I don't know if you identify with this, but after you take it and you get, there's like, I think four reports you can download, like it's pretty overwhelming. It's a lot of information. And you're like, mm -hmm. I'm reading this. I don't know what to do with it. Um, so that's almost like the first thing is it's like, what do I do with this data? What does it even really mean? Even for me personally, I think it took me an entire year to understand my number one theme, which is input. So like, it's, it's just a lot of information and I can't believe it took me a year, but it really, I just, it didn't click for me. Like I understand the concept, but I didn't really understand how it showed up for me until I like spent a lot of time working in it. And so from a coaching perspective, so usually when I sit down with people, they're overwhelmed by the information. So I usually am guiding them on the front end. This is the, I tell them which report to focus on, which pages they need to make sure that they read, right? So they can kind of come into it, having a little bit of like, just a little bit of guidance on where to focus their energy. And then in, so there's all different kinds of ways that I've used Clifton Strengths in coaching. Kind of the baseline that, that people find helpful is um, almost when it's like a hybrid of coaching consulting, where we look at their results, people, the first question is usually like, tell me all about me, right? But usually I make them tell me about them first. And then we kind of reverse engineer because when I hear people talk about themselves, I can kind of pluck out like, oh, that's your achiever showing up. Oh, that's your adaptability showing up. Um, and so usually it's like this hybrid coaching consulting because that we are like identifying what resonated in their report and it also helps me to see what are some of the, the themes that they're using today? What are some of the themes that they're not using? Are there some of them that they're overusing or showing up as a weakness? So it kind of helps just for in a first coaching session, usually like we're getting a baseline. And sometimes in some instances, we will then use that information to target a problem or an issue that person is having, or if they have a goal that they're working toward, like that helps us to make it like feel more productive. Not everybody, not everybody's ready for that yet. Some people just want to talk about what do these mean? How do they show up for me? Um, but there's kind of those two sides, like at a minimum building the foundation and sometimes then learning how to use those things intentionally. That's amazing. And then, so it sounds like you just, like you have several sessions with them. Is it, is it something where like you sign up for a package or how does that work? Cause I'm yeah. interested for me. <laughs> <laughs> Asking for a friend. Asking um, for a friend. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So it, it really depends. Um, 
So yes, it's almost like the first coaching session is like a discovery session where your eyes kind of get open to this new methodology, this new world. And then from there, when I, so some people are content with one coaching session. It's like they have enough information to be dangerous and they go on about their business because the, the reporting is very comprehensive. So there's a lot you can do with that all, all on your own after one session. Yeah. Um, some people like to do ongoing coaching with it because it, several things like one, it helps them really understand how to aim their strengths, how their strengths are integrate, can get integrated in their day to day, because it takes time to see that it's very much a journey. Um, and so when I do ongoing coaching with people, usually we have like a goal or a clear set of goals, just generally, whether it's personal or professional developmental, um, and then we tie strengths in to help them achieve that goal. So it's almost like a tool that we use to help them work toward their goal. The goal can be, again, solving a problem, or it can be, I have these aspirations and things I'm working toward and pulling my strengths in there. So when I do ongoing coaching, that's typically how it goes, at least on an individual basis. That's pretty cool. How can people sign up for coaching with you? Um, I have a Calendly account where I, um, I have one-on-one sessions that you could purchase right through Calendly and then book your, book your session right there. And we'll put, we'll put all the information in the show notes for everyone listening to. So it's amazing. <laughs> How have you found using and knowing so much about the Clifton Strengths in terms of like your own career and what you've been able to do it? Like how much do you rely on it for? professionally and personally. Yeah. A lot. And what's really <laughs> cool, <laughs> what's cool about it, like I say it's it is very sophisticated and the work in it goes very deep. I remember when when we first rolled it out, like they were saying your first year is very different from your second year. Year 2 with Clifton Strengths is year different than year 5 with Clifton Strengths. And I was like, how different can it get over the years, you know? But there's so much to it. There's 34 different um, themes to, to understand. There's four different domains and the combinations are, because there's 34 different themes, the way that those combinations happen are so unique. I've never coached with one person that has had, like they're almost always vastly different when I'm looking at like, what do people have up high versus low versus middle, right? Like there's some themes that are common to see in a top 10, but depending on what's in their top 10s, not what's at the bottom is not always going to be the same. So um, I can't remember what question you asked me now. I just started going on a tangent. That's okay. Um, just how you apply it into like your personal and your professional. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't worry. So um, there's a lot, you know, Gallup does a lot of polling. So they, they're they very like research-based organization in general. And so they've done a lot of research around Clifton Strengths too. And what's cool about that is like, they've done research that says that people that use their strengths every day have a report that they have are three times more likely to report. They have a better quality of life and six times more likely to report that they're engaged in their jobs or their work. And so the reason I cite that is because I have a lived experience of that. And I've seen that in a corporate environment too. When it's just an assessment that people take or they learn about it in a team workshop and they put it in a drawer and they go away, 
it's not super impactful. Like it, it's a nice data point, but if you never think about it again, it's like anything else. It's just something you, something, a cool assessment you took. Some people like to take an assessment and learn about themselves and then be done. Um, so I have found from personal experience, like I do touch it every day. I do use it every day. And because of that, it, it not only does make me feel more engaged in all of the things that I just mentioned, but it also, um, it also like makes, has made me tailor what I do to make sure I'm able to pull on my strengths. So it's kind of helped me in my, like from a career perspective to say like, I'm not able to pull on these strings doing these things. And that's why it's de-energizing. So I'm going to start shifting my energy to work on these other things over there because it does allow me to pull on my strings. So I think that that's like sort of the why it feels more engaging, right? Because when you're intentional about what gives me energy and where can I use my talents, um, I've gotten to, to experience that firsthand and I've gotten to see others benefit from that when they're really invested in it. Even like Vina Jetty, she's, she th also thinks about Clifton Strengths every day, and she's talked about how what a big shift it's made for her because of an awareness of her own strengths and the strengths on her team. Well, and I think for people who haven't necessarily done the Clifton Strengths assessment after doing it, and then I see people talk about, oh, I was so in the flow on this day, and I got, <clears throat> excuse me, so many things accomplished, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what their Clifton Strengths is. Yeah, I wonder if that. <laughs> is playing a part of that because you know even like for mine competition and it's really the only one I've focused on is competition so far but you know those like writing tasks out so that you can like you know physically crumple up that post-it note or like check things off when I can do that I feel great because I'm like okay I've got so many things accomplished at the same time you know I don't want a to-do list of 2,500 things by any means but you know, that makes me feel really good. And that's leaning into one of my, what, what did you call them? Um, themes? No. Themes. Yes. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it's so interesting. I wonder for the people who haven't taken it, if that is really playing into like their top themes when they're in their flow. Yeah, generally speaking, I would say yes. Like if you feel excited and engaged about what you're doing and, um, and I think it's funny, I was coaching with somebody yesterday and we were talking about this distinction between, um, like sometimes you're good at things, but those things don't give you energy, right? Like I think even in the bio that I read, like I'm really good at math and I went to school to be a math teacher. What I had a, a long financial related career, but like, just cause I'm good at it doesn't mean that it gives me energy. Like I got energy from being good at it. I didn't get energy from actually doing the work. And so I think like when you talk about flow, I think flow does happen when it is something that gives you energy, right? Like you're good at it and you're connected to it. And I think that's where Gallup comes in is it's like things that give you energy. That's so cool. That's amazing. So like when you're coaching with people, you're like, this is, so it helps people be more efficient in their personal life and in their work, then, right? That's amazing. Yeah. 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 It, um, it's very like, I think what you all were there when I talked about like the name it, claim it, aim it journey, like it is understanding how to, um, like, so Clifton Strengths, there's, like I said, there's 34 themes. So when you get your report, there are like your top 10 themes that are identified. And 
when you first start reading those, like to your, to your point, Jennifer, you said you mostly focused on your number one, like it's a lot. It takes time to understand all of them, the interplay between them. They're like, they're very complex. And so the best thing you can do is when you get the report is just understand what they mean and what they might mean for you specifically. And then from there, that when people start to say, okay, yes, this is me, like the claimant, some people get, get come into coaching and they're like, I was really disappointed in my report, or it should have looked different. I wish I, I had the same experience. I was like, I, there should have been more blue. I should have led with relationship building. I'm a coach, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Be way yeah. more blue. And so I'm curious, so curious. So I know you're green strategic thinking, like, where are you, where are you at in that journey? Have you claimed like, yes, okay, I am good at the strategic thinking. Like, I see why this is who I am. And I am like, this is, this is me, I guess, is my question. I can see why it's like that. And I can see like the critical thinking. I don't ever really called myself an overthinker until it like, I read that thing and I was like, okay, I am. So it like kind of, it, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit, but there's some of things like, I thought there would be more like positivity was one for me. And there's one called woo, where it's like, being a hype girl, isn't it kind of like being like a hype girl or hype person? And I, that was, I was surprised that there wasn't more relationship building and there wasn't more like of the woo. I thought it was lower than I thought it would be, but so I'm still coming to terms with who I am. I need to book some sessions with you and talk about them and how I can strengthen those. Yes. Yeah. And and that is, that almost also goes back to the naming. Like you have to understand what they are and how they, how they work for you. Because yes, sometimes what you think, like my top three are green. So it's input futuristic intellection there. I'm in my head all the time. And then, then I'm individualization, which is relationship building and achiever. And so similar to you, and I, I have a few blues in my top 10, but similar to you in my top five, there was only one. And over time, like I have arrived, like I'm somewhere between claim it and aim it. Like, I'm, you know, you're always like learning how to use them productively, but I have found that, um, like I build relationships using my input, like sharing information with people is also like how I share love too. You know, I'm like, this is, oh, you're having this problem. I have a resource you can use. Oh, like that's how I built a lot of my relationships is I have things that like information that I've collected that I love to share with people. Um, and then I use my individualization to, Um, like whether that's with coaching, like I have a natural tendency to just see what's unique and special about people. And so then I can tailor the information that I'm giving to each of those people. And so even though all three of my top three themes are green, they're very much a part of how I build relationships. And that's part of like, the more you learn how to name them, the more you can start to claim like, oh, I am doing the things, but the way that I'm doing them are unique to leveraging my talents. That's interesting. So they all interweave to each other. You are building relationships, but the way you do it is through the green things of like, that's very interesting. Yes, exactly. Wow. I know. I definitely need a reading because I am a, um, I'm not a claim it person yet on a few. I need to aim it. What does it, what does it say it again? Claim it. Name it, claim it, aim it. Aim it. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 We got to get you to name it on some more of them. I'm still on step one. I need to name it. That's okay. It's, it's a journey. Like I said, my name, it took a a one year for my number one. Right. So like, hopefully if you can get there in less than a year, you're better off than I was. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, um, how is it like, can you like, how has it shaped your career? Like, do you think it's very much like very integral into like where you are now that you've been focusing on these things? Like how long ago did you take it? And like, what was your journey to get here and all of that? Yeah. Gosh, how long ago was, I think I took it three years ago and right after that got my certification. So it was, I took it in order to get certified, um, like with the goal of rolling it out. And so, so it was very intense. Like I, and I went through like several different like training sessions with Gallup and sort of like, what's cool too, is are you all familiar with the disc assessment? A lot of people ask me about that one. Um, so up until that point, the disc assessment was something I trained on a lot and leverage within our organization. And so then once I was introduced to Clifton Strengths, um, it was kind of like my organization still uses both. It's like Clifton Strengths is I, I've used this analogy where disc is something that's pretty easy to recognize from the outside. So like if you go into a subdivision and there's like four different model homes that they have, like you can see from the outside, like, oh, that's model A, that's model B, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's kind of like that with disc, like you can see, okay, yeah, I can see how these, these different communication styles show up. And then Clifton Strengths is like, you step into the home and you see how they've painted the home, how they've decorated, maybe they knocked down a wall in one area. So it's just more like nuanced and intricate. And, and so that's what I found with Clifton Strengths and why it's like something you can always build upon. Um, and so, I mean, I'm so passionate about it. The reason that I started leveraging it in the entrepreneurial space is because uh, Vina Jetty and I were having dinner and I told her that this is something I was doing on the corporate side. And then I gave her a reading, right, of her own. And she was like, why didn't you tell me you were doing this, you know? And so, um, so just because I've been so in the corporate world for so long, I, I had not entertained like the possibilities of doing it outside of the corporate world. And now that I, I have, it's really cool to see the possibilities that it opens up because I found that in the entrepreneurial space, people are so invested in their own growth and development in a way that I do not see on the corporate side. So it's very energizing for me. Like it just makes me want to pour in more and give people more because they actually, they want to do something with it. And I see, so I see a lot of growth that's faster on the entrepreneurial side than I ever have on the, on the corporate side. Wow. That's really interesting. I can yeah. totally believe that though. Do you yeah. find that like, because you guys have worked with disc assessment, there's Meyer Briggs, there's the disc assessments, there's the love languages. I know that's um, all of that stuff. Do, uh, my human design, a lot of them, do you feel like they all kind of benefit off of each other? Or do you feel like disc and Gallup um, strength finders are like the most um, effective ones? Yeah. So I, an Enneagram too, right? I, I, that's another yes, one. that one too. All of yeah. those things. <laughs> There's so many. Um, so yes, I've taken all of them. Um, I was at another organization that used Myers-Briggs. Um, I think it's hard with, with like personality assessments or however you want to categorize them. Like there's always elements of subjectivity because it's like how you perceive yourself and that also requires some level of self-awareness. Um, I do feel like there's a little bit more objectivity to Clifton strengths because it's not necessarily, it's saying the things that you identify with, or you gravitate for the things that you like to do. 
versus like, I am a self-aware person. Like, if you're not self-aware, are you going to answer that question? Right. You know? Um, and so, um, so I would say like from a corporate perspective, like the, the gold standards for assessments that I've seen used have been DISC, um, Clifton Strengths, and then EQI, which is like an EQ report. Those are the three main ones that I see used a lot in the corporate space. And that's not to say that the other ones don't have validity, um, but just more from like a gold standard. Those are the ones that I've seen. But to kind of go back to your question, like I, I don't, I definitely think there's like overlap in how they're all useful. Like I can walk into a room and see an outgoing person and say, oh, they're a high I, but I don't know if they're outgoing and they have high woo, or I don't know if they're outgoing and they have, um, I don't know, competition, right? Cause they want to like, they're in sales and they feel like they need to network with the most people. So, um, so that's kind of like where there's like the overlap where you kind of can see, um, how they play off of each other. Yeah, for sure. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, Jen, do you have something? I looked like you were about to say something. Oh, okay. I feel like I talk too much on these with Jen and I'm like, so I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, to, to not, but one of the things that you said was, um, you're, uh, you've been working with entrepreneurs with like high personal, like self-development and personal development stuff. Curious, Jen and I were just talking about this. One of my favorite questions to ask people is, do you read, um, do you have a favorite like personal development or business book or something along those lines, um, that have, has really helped you shape who you are and, and your mm -hmm. business? just have to choose one. I, I know that's the toughest part or a few, give us a handful. It's hard to pick um, one. Yeah. So let me think. Um, so there's a couple that are top of mind, but I would say, and I, I feel like people have probably talked about this a lot, but there's start with why by Simon Sinek, which is mm. so good. And then there's also a workbook called find your why, which I really like, I use that a lot for myself. Like, um, so like a companion guide, um, another one that I've really liked is Brene Brown. I don't know if you all follow her, her like dare to lead is, uh, her content is so good. Um, so dare to lead, I think has really shaped a lot of, of my mindset on certain things and how I show up and even like just starting to refine my leadership style. And then the third one is more applicable to organizations, but I still will say that like anything, there's still parallels um, between the entrepreneurial space. Like if you are running your own business, if you have partners, right, even if it's a small business and there's just three of you, there's still things you need to be thinking about that you can learn from the jumbo corporate organizations. So there's another book called Cultural Renovation by Kevin Oaks. Um, again, it's corporate focus, like it's, it's organizationally focused, but it's still really cool. Like it helped me understand things that motivate people and how, like it talked about, it talks about Microsoft and how, um, they went through a big cultural renovation and they even brought Brene Brown in to, to change some things about their culture. And so it basically talks like if you have a toxic culture, which I, Microsoft was kind of known for that. Um, it talks about how you can kind of like reset to that. And so I think it can translate to like, whether it's small business owners or, you know, entrepreneurs with, with only a few partners is almost to just understand 
What are some of the things you can get wrong? What are the, some of the things that motivate people or tend to value people? What are the stances you need to take as a leader, even for yourself? Um, because it's culture is everywhere. And sometimes we don't realize that like um, at my company, they used to think culture was like the fact that we had ping pong tables in the lunchroom. It's like, well, that's not culture or like drinking culture isn't culture, you know, just because people like to go to happy hours. That's not our culture. Um, so it's like just realizing the nuances of, of how culture shows up. Um, and that is like, what's kind of like cultural concepts have been very fascinating to me. And it kind of ties back to Simon Sinek. Um, I don't think this is in his find your why book, but he talks about the definitive culture definition of culture being the intersection of values and behavior. And I think that that's a really cool definition that I think about even just for my own, like the culture that I have in my household, right? Like if I say I value time with my family, but then I'm not spending time with my family, that's created a very different type of culture than if I say I value it and I actually do it. So, so it's like, there are these like things that happen in the corporate space that are still scalable in these different environments. So those are my three, my three books. I love that. I've never heard that last one. I'm totally going to get that last one, but Simon Sinek is amazing. Uh, Leaders Eat Last. I think that was one of his too. Yes. Simon Sinek and Adam Grant, both of those. Are oh my so gosh. Great. Yes. I haven't They're read so Adam great. Grant's new book, but I love, I haven't stuff. yet either, but Ugh. he's, he's got good stuff. So yeah. I always, I, I love those books. So I always like to ask other people what, what theirs are too. Yes, for sure. Yes. And all the okay. podcasts, they always do all the, yes. Podcasts. What's your po favorite podcasts? Now that you brought um, that up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like Brene Brown, everything. Um, yeah. but Not to I know put you was, on the spot or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I know that. And that's even how I found out about that cultural renovation book was through her podcast. Yeah. Um, so what are, I just started listening to, um, gosh, what's his name? Um, at my lat, like I, I was introduced to him recently. So I've really enjoyed listening to his podcast. Who else? Those those have, I know there's one, well, Adam Grant, like I said, I feel like I'm always listening to his stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then sometimes I, I'll, I'll like dabble around and all like, I like to listen to Oprah's podcast. Like she used to do like super soul Sundays and I like those. Um, and then Harvard business review does, does some good podcasts on like women, at, women at work, I think it's called. And so it's like, um, focused on women. And I like those too. That's awesome. That's cool. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. I'm an Oprah junkie too. I love all the Oprah. So I always will be. Saint yeah. Oprah is what I call her. <laughs> she is, yeah. I, 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 Cliff and Strings actually just started doing, I don't, there's something on their site. I think they're going to start rolling out like a new top five report in January. And I saw something on their site, like they started having like celebrities, not celebrities like Jennifer Aniston, but like Ariana Huffington, for example. Um, and like, they show what her top five strengths are. I can't remember if Oprah's in there or not. I don't think, I don't think she was, but um, there are a, like a handful of people. So it's kind of cool to see like public figures. That's a better word than celebrities, public figures that, and see what their strengths are. Um, so I'll have to look out to see if we get Oprah's, I'll, I'll send them your way. <laughs> yes. I want to know. I would love to know. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Yes. Okay. Another question for you. Yeah. Nothing you've written or anything that you said is going to be left behind. What is one piece, the one piece of advice that you want to live on for generations to come? Oh my. Um, 
I'll just share the first thing that came to my head, um, which isn't always the best answer, but it's, it's always what I go with. Um, so I think that it's just like, don't get lost. Like, I think it's very easy to get lost in the BS, in the day-to-day, in the like lost in your head. Like, it's just very easy to get lost because there's so much BS. Like we might say we care about certain things, but then all these other things kind of layer on top of it, or we might know who we are, but we layer fear and all of these other things on top of it. So I think I would just say, yes, like don't get lost. Hopefully there would be more context around that because if it got passed on to somebody, they might think it's like related to directions. Um, but yes, <laughs> that's a good I mean, one. it is kind of related to directions too, right? That, that's true. Direction yes. More figurative directions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay and the last one is what's your greatest goal to accomplish before your time is over? Uh, sorry I didn't what's my greatest goal to accomplish before your time on earth is over oh my goodness um just some deep. easy questions we're getting yeah, deep now <laughs> promise her the last level. one <laughs> luckily I mean the good news is uh, either of you do you have futuristic in your top 10 you do no okay I feel like um so many people in Venus it's like one out of every two people in at least in like the entrepreneurial space I, I tend to see that have high futuristic so it's it's my number two. So these are types of questions I think about all the time. I'm always like, what's 85 year old Rosie going to want to look back on her life and see, you know, like, these are just things I think about when I'm like in the shower. So, um, (laughs) so what is my biggest goal that I want to have? I, I know that if I had some more time with this, I would, my answer would probably be more evolved, but I think it is like, for me, I guess like I'm thinking about it from a professional perspective, like I, significance is not high for me though. Significant, it's just like in the middle, significance wants to have a big impact. Um, and I want to be able to have a big impact by allowing others to see what is unique and special about them and amplify it. So like, if I can scale that, like that is, that is like my, my big goal for myself. Like the number one thing, and even like my brand in the corporate space has been like, I want to help people show up and be the best versions of themselves every day if they can. Right. And maybe the best version of yourself today is going to be different than that best version of yourself tomorrow. Um, but I think everybody deserves to show up at their best. I think everybody deserves to know what's special and unique about them and know how to like put that out and how to use it. And so if I can, my big goal, I guess, is to scale that and to help as many people as possible, see what's unique and special about them. I love that so much. That's so awesome. I can definitely say just from like observing your speech and, you know, the one-on-ones you did and stuff over the weekend that you completely embody that and you're definitely well on your way to accomplishing Thank you. Thank you. I, as you're saying that, I'm like, I need to make it a smart goal, right? Like I have to come up with like yeah, yeah. Some metrics around it. Um, so yeah. I, I might just do that. Thank you for the inspiration. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's so delightful talking. Yes. And will you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Instagram, website, how can we get co- like 
after this, everybody's going to probably, at least I am, um, go follow Rosie. She is amazing. And, um, how can everyone get a hold of you and yeah. do coaching with you? Yeah, for sure. Also, I love Carly. I just love all your hand gestures. Like they're so I good. Uh <laughs> if that was a strength on the Clifton strength, it was that a strength? like movement. Yeah. Yes. Movement. Yeah. There, we need to add a new one. Yes. Are you sure you're not Italian? Um, uh, maybe you are Italian. Um, <laughs> um part of her positivity though and her hype girl yes yes after I now talking with both of you more I'm like I gotta go I should have had your cliff and strings pulled up so I could have been peeking at them as we talked but I love (laughs) to do that when I talk to people um (laughs) but um so yeah there's there's many ways to get a hold of me um so on Instagram I'm at I'm the Rosie Noel on Instagram Facebook I have a free Facebook group called zone of genius with Rosie Noel Um, and that's where I, I just started it not even two months ago. So it's still newer. I'm still building up the resources I have in there, but I'm sharing out information about like individual themes and how you can use them. Um, so I, I'm going to be growing that community and building a lot more resources in there. And like I said, it's free. So, um, so there's lots of information in there and, um, other than that, I think those are the best ways to get a hold of me. And I already mentioned like my, my Calendly page would be where you'd want to book time and you could book the assessment through me too. Um, so those are the, the three main ways, Calendly, Instagram, and my Facebook group. Awesome. And we'll put all of that information in the show notes. So um, thank you, Rosie. It's, it's such an honor me. to have you here. I'm so excited to get, talk to you a little bit more thank after you. the event and Thank you for coming. That was amazing. Thanks for having me. I am very grateful to be here and to see both of your faces again. I texted my husband right before this and I was like, I'm going on a podcast. I'm feeling a little nervous. He's like, but the women that I'm going to be with are delightful and I've met them before and I really like them, but I shouldn't be nervous. Um, So thank you. You both have a very comforting presence. So thank you for that. (laughs) You know, we started this podcast because we were scared to do stuff like this. And so we, just so you know, we, I still get scared too. And it's, my podcast, Jen and yeah. podcast. Like a normal well, thing. You both are natural. So You're thank amazing. you. So are you. Thank awesome. You. Have thank a good so day. Much. Thank you, Rosie. Talk to you both later. Bye. Bye.